Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board presented by BetMGM. Today, it is Tuesday, April 26th. Michael Beller, Derek Van Riper here with you to break down a full slate of MLB games coming our way 15 games, all 30 teams in action. Not a pitch until about 6.40 p.m. Eastern time, so plenty of time, DVR, to get those bets in. How you doing today, man? Doing great. Tuesdays are one of my favorite days of the week because the games are all concentrated at night. You get the big slates, plenty of bets to choose from, plenty of DFS builds if you're into that. Just a great day for baseball. It really is a great day for baseball, and hey, a lot of new series starting as well, with uh, Monday being either a getaway day or a day off for a lot of teams. Of course, you got some four-game series starting uh, on Mondays every so often, on Monday through Thursday, but a lot of new series starting on Tuesdays as well, and this Tuesday, no exception to that. We're going to take a look at uh, a bunch of different bets across this 15-game slate and DVR want to start off with uh, the team that is very near and dear to your heart. Maybe no longer physically near after your move out west, but still the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, that team near and dear to your heart. Brandon Woodruff taking the mound for the Brewers tonight against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mitch Keller on the other side of this game. We're looking at money line odds on this one of Brewers minus 175, Pirates plus 145, and an over-under of just seven runs, thanks very heavily to Brandon Woodruff. Uh, and what's jumping out at you in this matchup? Well, a few things. So the I'll begin with the Brewers' weird schedule. So the Brewers played Sunday night in Philadelphia, the ESPN game. Uh, yeah, they won. They flew home afterwards to Milwaukee. They played a one-game series against the Giants, which will be concluded in September with a doubleheader because that was a three-game series they lost for the week that was wiped out by the lockout. So they've been on a plane on consecutive days, going from east back home and then back. Horrible, right? Yes. <laughs> they they didn't use their A relievers in the game against the Giants. By the A relievers, I'm talking about Boxberger, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader, the three guys they go to in the 7th, 8th, and ninth when their starter goes 6 and they're winning. So you've got Woodruff against a bad Pirates team. You have a fully rested bullpen, you have a Brewers offense that is pretty bad, second worst in MLB by WRC+, Plus, that is also on planes every day for the last <laughs> couple days. And I think you've got a surprisingly difficult matchup against Mitch Keller. I know Mitch Keller is 0-3 with a 623 ERA, a 169 whip. Everyone's saying, what are you talking about? What What is difficult about dealing with Mitch Keller? He has made some improvements. He's one of those guys that actually pops right now in our friend Eno Saris's pitching model. Uh, the stuff itself, the actual pitch mix, is now above average. The location numbers are above average. And now he's getting this team that has a, a Manfred hangover, as I'll call it, where it's a team in a slump that also is fatigued from this goofy travel schedule. All the things are lining up here for this game to go under. Yeah. So I'm under seven. I don't, think, I don't know if I've ever actually bet an under seven in my life. <laughs> Everything lines up for this game to be a very tight, low-scoring game. And I think part of it's Brendan Woodruff dealing, part of it's a healthy, rested Brewers bullpen, and the other part of it is Mitch Keller probably being better than the results would lead us to believe through his first three starts of this season. A couple more nice things that you get in this, too. Because it is such a low number, even though you line up all the reasons why there's good reason to believe that it can go under that. You're getting plus 100, so that's nice. You're getting even money. You're not having to lay any juice here. And I'm going to safely assume, without knowing for sure, that the uh, that the 
the Brewers probably just sent Woodruff straight to Pittsburgh. I'm sure he didn't make the trip to Milwaukee then just to make the trip to Pittsburgh. Right. So yeah. that's uh, so it's not like he's it's not like he's had to undergo a, a couple of flights in a couple of days. So that's uh, that that's nice for him too that he just was able to get right to Pittsburgh, get ready for this start. And uh, yeah, I mean the the Milwaukee offense is going to be an interesting one to watch over these next few weeks. You know, as as we start to get more data and get larger samples and maybe get some warmer weather so we're not just dealing with the cold weather caveat um yeah for the bulk or for the 100 percent of our of our season sample it's going to be interesting to see if what we've seen so far from the brewers is what they are or if we're just seeing a particularly bad stretch of offensive baseball from them we didn't think they were going to be this you know gangbusters offense coming into the season there's reason to believe that they there's reason at least for hope that they can be better than what they've been. So that's going to be interesting to watch from a betting standpoint, uh, just in terms of their their run totals, the support they're going to give to the starters. Can they rally back against bullpens? Like that's going to be something that we need to have a good handle on in the betting world as we get into and deep into May and the weather starts to turn. Yeah, I mean, eventually Luis Arias comes back and he was a key bat for them last year. Uh, Colton Wong's been in a slump to begin the season. Lorenzo Cain looks his age right now. You know, maybe there's a turnaround coming from him. Uh, Hunter Renfro's been kind of okay, but he hasn't been as good as Avi Garcia was a year ago. You look around almost every corner of this lineup, and someone or a position group is underperforming expectations right now. So they will probably find a higher level than bottom of the scale offense. But I think they're below average until yeah. they go out and make an addition or until we see a version that looks more like MVP Yelich show up. I mean, there's so many things they need to to fix with the offensive side of this team. All right, DVR, for my first pick, I'm going to another one of the earlier games for today, and that is Padres and Reds getting together in Cincinnati. This is uh, Joe Musgrove taking the mound for the Padres. Reaver San Martin for the Reds. Minus 185 on the money line for the Padres, plus 150 for the Reds, and a total of eight runs. But I'm eschewing all that. No first five bet for me here either on this one. I'm going straight to Joe Musgrove and his strikeout prop. It's just at five and a half, and it's minus 155. So you're going to have to pay a little bit of juice on this. But this just feels like something of a layup to me, DVR. Um, I talked about this last week, how we're going to be uh, really attacking the red strikeout props because they're just straight up a bad offense. 27% K rate right now, the highest in the majors. Joe Musgrove, meanwhile, has struck out a little bit more than 30% of the batters he has faced by start. 8Ks, 6Ks, 7Ks, with that 7K game being his last outing, which was against these same Cincinnati Reds. And then something that really puts this over the top for me and is another big reason why I think we're going to keep on circling back to the Reds and at least just checking out what the opposing starting pitcher's strikeout prop is every single day. They're 22nd in walk rate, and they're dead last in WOBA. So they're not going to make opposing pitchers work that hard. At least they haven't shown us anything over the first three weeks of the season that suggests they're going to make starting pitchers work that hard. They're not going to run up pitch counts. They're not going to make you work deep counts. They're not going to make you have high-stress innings, even in innings where you know it feels like you're able to get out of it. Like It's just it's a relatively easy assignment for pitchers, and so much of buying into strikeout props is buying a pitcher being able to pitch deep because even someone like Joe Musgrove, who's striking out 30% of the batters he's facing, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to mow down you know, nine guys in, in the first four innings or something like that. You need to be able to work deep into a game to feel good about going over those K numbers. And the Reds, 
they just don't make pitchers work that hard. They haven't done it this season yet, and it doesn't seem like they're the sort of team that's going to suddenly flip that switch and make starters work really hard to get through five or six innings. Add that all up, I'm comfortable paying the minus 155 on Joe Musgrove to strike out at least six Reds tonight. And nobody strikes out more than the Reds do as a team so far in 2022. It might not stay that way all season, right? A healthy Jonathan India changes a little bit about their lineup, but they're still probably going to be a team that finishes top six, top seven in K percentage this year, if they even improve that much. Uh, So I I like this call a lot. I think Musgrove is an efficient pitcher, fits the mold really well. Uh, The one thing that I'm looking for just going forward with the Reds is you know what happens as the schedule gets a little bit easier they had a, a road series against Atlanta they had two against the Guardians they had four on the road against the Dodgers three on the road against the Padres and three against the Cardinals so far so it's been a reasonably yeah. difficult schedule but be playoff I think, teams right there yeah but you're you're right to pick on them at this point especially with Musgrove Yeah, feeling good about Joe Musgrove taking the mound against them. And I think a lot of people should be feeling good about Max Fried taking the mound against the Cubs. First game of a Braves-Cubs series in Atlanta. The Braves, understandably favored at minus 175 in the money line. The Cubs, who will be sending Marcus Stroman to the bump. And Stroman has struggled so far this season, his first with the Cubs. They're at plus 145. We got an over-under of 7.5 on this game. But DVR, we find our way back to another strikeout prop. What do you got for us? I like Max Fried over five and a half strikeouts, minus 130, but I mean, I'm just not buying the Cubs overall offensive numbers right now. I think there might be a little bit of of juice in the numbers from the three touchdown game against the Pirates (laughs) on Saturday. I think that might be skewing the numbers just a little bit since we're so early in the season. So I think we'd be realistic about expectations of of what this Cubs offense is and and, who who these players are likely to be over the long haul. Are they a little better than we expected? Okay, I can concede that. Are they a team that's going to be above average offensively all year? I'm not even willing to make that sort of commitment yet. Part of this is about Freed, though. Freed has been excellent so far this season. 17 Ks against one walk in 18 innings. The key for me is keeping the control as good as it's been enables Freed to consistently pitch deep into games, right? This is similar to your argument with Joe Musgrove. It doesn't have to be... 9Ks in five innings from Max Freed. He's the kind of guy that can go six or seven innings relatively easily if he's not having issues with walks. It looks like some legitimate skills improvement from him early on this season. Four-seamers up about a tick as well. We've seen it in the start so far. Extra velo when he needs it. I think that makes Max Freed just a more dangerous pitcher overall. It looks like he's finally going to give us a, a full season where everything we want Max Freed to do falls into place at once, right? We've seen it before with ratios. We've seen it before with pretty good strikeout rates. It usually comes with a flaw, whether that's too many walks or too many issues with home runs. It looks like everything is falling into place for him right now. Uh, So not totally unlike being interested in Kyle Wright back on the Friday show. I think this Atlanta rotation is just a little bit underrated by the book right now. It feels that way for sure, and I'm I'm interested to watch the Cubs now in a in a step up in weight class from most of what they have seen this season against Atlanta because you know the first ten days of the season we saw a really different approach from the Cubs offense uh, compared with where they were in 2021 and in 2020 in the shortened season uh, where they had just a ton of swing and miss, a, a very impatient team at the plate. We saw extreme plate discipline from the Cubs over those first you know series first first 
two, two and a half series of the season, not swinging and missing a lot. And those are still reflected in the numbers because we're so early in the season, but it's been a very different team over these most recent 10 days. A lot more swing and miss, not quite the same amount of plate discipline, and this just goes top to bottom. So would like to see uh, what sort of team-wide approach we're going to get from the Cubs as they go up against a pitcher like Max Fried, who you know, outside of that opening series that they played against the Brewers, they really haven't seen pitchers of that caliber again this season. It's been a lot of pirates on the schedule for the Cubs thus far this year, so it's going to be uh, fun to see what this team is against a much better group of pitchers like the one that they are going to see in Atlanta to start off this week. Uh, not a play for me, but I would lean in the same direction as you with Max Fried, and I'm excited to see if Marcus Stroman can bounce back and frankly, what's been his toughest test of the season as well. A couple of rough outings in a row here, and now he gets a very tough assignment with the Braves on Tuesday night. Uh, I'm going to keep the strikeout props rolling. I, we got a couple more plays here, but I'm just going to keep the strikeout props rolling. And this one, this is a little bit one. Uh, it's going to be a, a bit more of an ask here. Carlos Rodon going up against the Oakland A's tonight. I say he goes over the eight and a half strikeouts that is set as his line. Now, get a little bit of a nice price here, plus 120, because, hey, no matter who you are, no matter what lineup you're facing, it's hard to strike out nine dudes in a Major League Baseball game. So we're getting plus 120 on Carlos Rodon to go over the 8.5 Ks against the A's. This is going to sound very similar to the points I made with Musgrove against the Reds, just changing out the names and the teams. A's, 25.4% K rate, fifth highest in the majors. They're 22nd in walk rate, they're 22nd in Woba. Just like the Reds, they're just not forcing pitchers to work that hard to get through six, seven innings. Carlos Rodon, 44.6% of the batters he has faced, DVR, have gone down on strikes. 29 Ks in 17 innings, and always the case with Rodon, we're just Always going to be a little bit wary about the health of that arm. 89 pitches in his first outing of the season, 90 in his second, 95 in his third. That has been there for him. He's been able to go deep into games, deep enough into games to rack up these sorts of strikeout numbers. To get over eight and a half, he is going to have to come out mowing guys down. You want to see four strikeouts in the first two innings, something like that. But this matchup just feels right for him. So I feel comfortable getting that plus 120. I think Radon goes over the eight and a half Ks tonight. Really the only thing that gets off the rails here, if the walks come back to haunt him, which really hasn't happened this season, if that comes back and he's forced to work hard through those uh, through those first few innings, then I'm in trouble. If he doesn't, if he can get through six, seven, I think he gets the nine Ks. I have no argument against your reasoning. Eight and a half is just a big number for a yeah. strikeout prop. So I think that's the only reason why I, I wouldn't play it. But I, I think it... It makes sense. This is a bad Oakland team. We've said it time and time again. They're not patient. They strike out a lot. Even their best hitter. I think Sean Murphy, their catcher, is their best hitter. He's got a K rate over 30%. He doesn't draw walks. This is a team that is probably going to lead us to a lot of double-digit strikeout totals over the course of this season. So I fully understand why you're in on Rodon. Uh, if there were ever a night for him to try to be extra efficient and, and just let, let a team put a, a few balls in play. Sure. This might be it, being that it's a, a very weak lineup in some pitcher-friendly conditions at Oracle. Yeah, that's definitely a, a consideration as well. But uh, let's go Carlos Rodon to go over the 8.5. 
DVR, hottest hitter in baseball over at least the last couple of days, just might be Byron Buxton. Three homers and a double since that little injury scare in the three games that he has been back for. Facing Eduardo Rodriguez, the Twins and the Tigers getting together. We're looking at Byron Buxton, one and a half total bases. And it's just, it's always going to be tempting to go over on Byron Buxton, one and a half total bases. We're also getting plus 135 on that accomplishment for him. So this feels like a bet that uh, is ripe for the making. Right. He's got a righty-lefty matchup, too, against Eduardo Rodriguez. I don't care that it's cold in Minnesota at this point. It's been cold while he's done everything he's done so far this season. I mean, we're at the point with Byron Buxton where if you liked him as a a down-list AL MVP candidate, you're feeling really good about what you've seen early on this season. It's a ton of red ink on his StatCast page. 97.8 miles per hour for his average exit velocity, a 58.3% hard hit rate, which carries a little more weight for me. He's just scalding the ball consistently. Uh, What can't he do at this point? I mean, like, (laughs) why? Basically, you're you're making a bet that he he gets a hit because if he hits it, he's hitting it hard and he runs well, so he's probably getting a double. Like, that's, (laughs) that's what I'm looking at with Byron Buxton. It's really, it's that simple at this point. Uh, blown away by how well he's playing right now. And just glad that the injury that we saw uh, in Boston about a week ago for him is not something that's causing him to miss a lot of time. Yeah, he certainly deserves a fully healthy season. The baseball-loving world deserves to see Byron Buxton healthy for a full season. And since we're both on this, I'll just add uh, one more one more piece of evidence in our favor. Eduardo Rodriguez has been getting knocked around this season. Sixth, uh, early, early, of course, we got to say that caveat, but he's in the sixth percentile in the majors in exit velocity, ninth in hard hit rate, tenth in whiff percentage. He's just not making guys swing and miss, and he is letting guys square him up quite a bit this season. Just a bad recipe to bring into a matchup when you're going to see Byron Buxton at least a couple of times against Eduardo Rodriguez and then a couple more times against that Detroit bullpen. Byron Buxton over one and a half total bases at plus 135. I'll wrap up the episode with our one just straight play of the game, our straight side here. Mariners and Rays getting together for what should be a fun series. Tonight's matchup pits Logan Gilbert against Matt Whistler. You've got the Mariners at plus 110 in this game, and that's what I am going with. I like the Mariners. Ooh, actually, DVR, since I put our show together, I just went back and checked. It's now plus 115, so I'm getting a little bit better of a price there. (laughs) Plus 115 on the Mariners, minus 135 on the Rays. Logan Gilbert has just been awesome this season, and so much of the argument for the Mariners taking a step forward, punching their way through, finally getting back to the playoffs before the season got started was based on some growth for the young pitchers, and I mean, could you have asked for a better start for the young pitchers in Seattle's rotation? Logan Gilbert had just been excellent, a .54 ERA, a .84 whip, 15 strikeouts against one walk in 16 innings. I just don't think I just don't think the the I understand why the Rays are going to be slight favorites at home and you know, almost regardless of pitching matchup unless it was super overwhelming. I just don't think that this is reflecting the fact that this maybe is a super overwhelmingly good pitching matchup in favor of the Mariners. It just I don't think Logan Gilbert is quite the odds just have not quite caught up with the way he is throwing the ball this season. Ty France, actually, if there is a hotter hitter in baseball than Byron Buxton right now, it's Ty France, who's already left the yard five times this season with four of those coming in the last week. Julio Rodriguez is getting it going, getting on base a ton, stealing bases, really making that speed a weapon in Seattle's offense. Four steals in the last week for him. 
Mariners are a very fun team, a frisky team, and they seem to be putting things together here. But this really comes down to Logan Gilbert should not be getting plus 115 against almost any team in the majors right now, and certainly not in a matchup where he's just flat out, no doubt about it, the better pitcher with Matt Whistler going to the mound for the race. So give me the Mariners at plus 115 to win this game. Yeah, I mean, you want to go first five. Uh, Mariners plus one hundred five is out there too. If you're if you're worried about what happens in the late innings, although Seattle's got a good bullpen, so you're looking you're looking at two teams that easily could meet in the postseason. And I think this is going to be a really exciting series. A good look at both of these teams just a few weeks in. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely true on that. Seattle's a good bullpen, and maybe they get uh, Paul Sewald back from the COVID list uh, tonight, so that would be a little bit of a boon to that bullpen as well. We wrap it up. We got some strikeout props for you, a couple of straight line and total plays, and Byron Buxton staying hot with that one and a f- one and a half total base prop at plus one thirty five for your baseball betting pleasure on this Tuesday night. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board for DVR. I am Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.